You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Thursday, 15 February. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, Mateta Tulari from RNB. I want to go back to the Nigerian Nauru. We chatted about this ah, last year. It was probably July, August. It's had another devaluation. This is hurting MTN uh, to a lesser degree, multi-choice as well. MTN, of course, Nigeria is their largest market. Kubus Lutz from Pan-African Resources. It's a strong set of results. Production up, costs down. Uh, I mean, helped by currency and, and gold price, but still really good results. Uh, and then Tanda Satoli from FNB Mining Production. It, it, it had a, a positive but not as good December as hoped. And broadly, 2023 was, well, poor. The show is brought to you by Stanlip. Visit stanlip.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. SA's removal from grey list threatened by non-compliance. Penalties are on the way for delinquent companies that do not report to the financial intelligence sector. This is legal practitioners and estate agencies who are the dragging their feet. Business Day, Heineken cuts value of SA, SA business by 10 billion rand. Dutch Brewer says tough economic environment and rising costs behind the move that costs doubt on future earnings. Remember, of course, they bought a distel just last the year before. Uh, morning markets. Yes, was green. S&P up 1%. NASDAQ up 1.2%. Over in the east, mostly green. Sydney up a tenth of a percent. Tokyo up 07 Hong Kong up three quarters of a percent, while Tencent is down 0.6%. Commodities mixed. Gold $2,004 an ounce. Brent $81.27. And on the green side, we've got platinum $8.96. Palladium 933, Rand 1906, Bitcoin 52,300. Top 40 opening call, around 270 points to the green. That is 0.4% higher. Money web now on the money. Also available on podcast. Tony now with uh, Mateta Tolari, head FX execution at RMB. Mateta, appreciate the early morning. We chatted last year, I think it was around about July. We were talking particularly uh, Rand, Nigeria, Naira. Of course, it's equal to dollar against the Naira at the same time. It had been sort of 25 to the Tsar. June, we saw devaluation to 40 to the Tsar. And now last month, going out to 80 to the Tsar. As I said, I mean, MTN, the one taking significant pain here, multi-choice to a degree as well. I mean, I've got to say, when they when it devalued to 40, I thought maybe the devaluation was over. Patently, I was wrong. What's happening here? Can we expect it to get worse? Could we hope it gets better? Good morning uh, to the listeners as well. I mean, yes, um, the Nigerian Naira, I think it's bringing its losses to 40% since the start of this year. Now, like you said, following the devaluation that we saw last week, it's the second adjustment in less than a year, despite the central bank saying that liquidity was improving. Now, if you remember when President um, Bola Tinubu, you know, removed the foreign currency controls mm-hmm. last year in June um, in a bid to get transactions flowing through the official market again to help unify the Naira's exchange rates. But, I mean, that has fueled the currency's weakness and it has also added to inflationary pressures. Now, the central bank has said that there's a backlog 
of accumulated forex demand on the official market, which obviously means that individuals and businesses head to the black market if they need dollars. Now, the dollar flows to Nigeria have been falling in the last few years, you know, due to declining um, investment and lower exports of crude oil, which account for about 90% of the country's export income. Now, last year when President Tinubu introduced these structural reforms, um, a lot of the markets were really cheered up, especially since he lifted the currency controls, hoping that it would unify the exchange rates, which would make it easier for foreign currency. But that is yet to happen. Now, that is a problem because already last week, their central bank governor, um, Mr. Cardoso, he mentioned that, you know, um, over $1 billion uh, had came into the economy in the last few days due to, um, you know, the, the buying of Nigerian T-bills after it had auctioned them, um, you know, and that was mm -hmm. over. Now, local companies such as MTN and MultiChoice, like you rightfully mentioned, they could see a bit of a drop in their Nigerian profits due to this big devaluation of uh, the Naira. Now, remember something, Nigeria is Africa's largest economy. It yeah. has been experiencing a crippling dollar shortage um, that has pushed its currency to record lows where we are in the recent weeks, um, despite you know the, the central bank talking about liquidity um, in the dollar improving there. I mean, if you just look at their, their reserves, they have got about $5 billion in forex forwards that have matured. Um, a major concern for the market at this point in time, as the foreign currency shortages continue to weigh, is there is assurances by uh, the, the central bank of Nigeria but it does not feel like it's coming to fruition. So at this point in time, I think it is obviously another situation where I think you have the rand locally as the rattlesnake, but I think <laughs> the Nigerian Naira is starting to also come to second to second to the rand. I think that is also now one currency that is going to start weighing on the minds of uh, the MTN board as well as the likes of MultiChoice as well. If you remember also, Quite a few South African companies have also exited um, that, that economy. So yeah. it just tells you a story that it is a problem in terms of getting your cash out of there. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that with, with NAMPAC. I mean, just couldn't get their money out. I mean, making money there. Uh, they also had the problem with uh, Angolia at the same time. I'll leave it there. Matita Tulari, head FX execution at RMB. Appreciate the early morning. If seagulls were harder dogs who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Kubis Lewitz, Pan-African Resources CEO. Result for six months ending December, HEPs up 46.1%, production up 6.7%, cash generation 130% higher. Kubis, appreciate the time, a strong period for yourself, most notably production nicely higher. What's driving that? Is that efficiencies? Is that new online mining? What's pushed that number up quite markedly? Yeah, so Simon, I mean, most of our, actually all of our operations performed as expected or better than expected. So most notably, Elikudu, which is our flagship tailings business, mm -hmm. production was up on the back of recoveries. I mean, generated some excellent EBITDA. It's one of the lowest cost producers of gold, I'd say, in Southern Africa, under $1,000 an ounce. Still with 10 years of life. So that's an exceptional asset. 
And then uh, certainly the continuous operations at Barberton that we implemented last year, we're seeing the benefits of that strategy now. Principally the Fairview mine at Barberton increased production. And then also the team at Avanda Underground performed well. Tons were up and production was up. So overall great performance in terms of certainly production. That obviously also then means a lower unit cost of production. Plus mm-hmm. we have the current tailwinds in terms of the RAND gold price, which is close to an all-time high in RAND terms. Yeah, I take the point to that. Lots I want to pick up on. You mentioned the oil and sustained costs. I mean, again, a really positive number there. You mentioned that, that is efficiencies more than anything because inflation was down in those six months, but inflation was still at a fairly chunky number, sort of, let's call it high five, six percent. Yeah, I think we bet, certainly what helps us in terms of in the dollar, dollars, oil and sustaining costs is the weakening of the RAND. Mm-hmm. We can't really see that turning around in the shorter term. I mean, you might have your own views. And then, yes, I mean, you produce more units and your unit cost comes down. So that's a, quite a positive. And then we're definitely looking forward to um, also commissioning mintails in the next while because, you know, that's going to definitely be of the same ilk as Elikulu from a production perspective. And there, I take a point around production, but also in terms of all in sustained costs. I mean, the tailings operations are coming in at really, really good pricing. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's incredible to think that we can process 0.3 grams per tonne <laughs> and recover less than half, and you're still able to produce under $1,000. But, you know, that's the beauty of these tailings operations. They're obviously, from a rehabilitation and green uh, mining perspective, they tick the boxes. We're doing a lot of good work on rehabilitation and uh, land restoration. But then, just because your overall cost of mining and processing is so low, about 40 rands per tonne, mm-hmm. that allows us to do what we have been doing. And, you know, we're very excited about Mintails coming online. As you say, it's going to reduce the group oil and sustaining cost quite a bit also. We forecast that Mintails should be producing at uh, oil and sustaining cost of just over $900 per ounce. Your Evander Mines, you mentioned it's going well there. You've also got a fair bit of development work happening still at Evander Mines. That seems to be progressing fairly well as well. It's going well, Simon. So, I mean, two principal developments. Number one, refrigeration underground, which will aid with long-term productivity. But then importantly, we're equipping a sub-vertical shaft for wasting, and that'll be done before the end of the financial year, so before end of June. So we'll have capacity to waste 40,000 tons from underground and eliminate a very cumbersome conveyor system. So probably eliminate about eight kilometers of conveyors, which is not uh, insignificant. So yes, we're quite excited about the future of that event underground. I mean, traditionally in last year's deep level underground gold mining in South Africa has been known as expensive, but we're currently able to produce at just over $1,200 an ounce from Evander, and that, that number can come down. Okay, yeah, because deep level usually is a whole lot more. Your Fairview mine, you've got this solar plant which will be commissioned around mid-year. That's 8.75 megawatts. Does that help with costs? I mean, ESCOM is expensive to households. I imagine it's expensive to a mine as well. Definitely. So, I mean, on the first solar plant to be commissioned at Evander, we're seeing a unit saving for the group of over $10 or actually $13 per ounce to be exact. So, with our second 10 megawatts coming on stream, you can expect that sort of number to double, and then it starts mm. becoming quite significant. And that's obviously in addition to all the other initiatives, uh, 40 megawatts of wheeled power we'll bring on stream in 2025, plus a number of other developments. Sudan exploration, still early days there, but you say expect drilling probably by the end of the year. Yeah, we've had some in- very good results, uh, soil sampling and, and everything else. Obviously, this political situation is something we need to watch. But we're not heavily exposed, Simon. We have, I think, uh, up to the end of June, we might have invested $6 million total. 
So we're taking it slowly and we're quite excited about the geological potential, but the political situation would have to stabilize in order mm-hmm. for us to make a large development or a capital decision on somewhere like Sudan. Take your point on that. We'll leave it there. Kubus Lutz, Pan-African Resources CEO. Results to end December. Appreciate the time. That's our poll today. I mean, really strong numbers out of Pan-African. And, and, and no surprise, right? I mean, we've got gold price at great levels. We've got the RAND week. Uh, this is when they should be doing well. But higher production certainly helps. Costs coming down certainly helps. Question, are you holding gold miners? Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. When you stay invested over time in Stanlib's Global Multi-Strategy Diversified Growth Fund, your money's in for some smooth sailing. With our global partners, J.P. Morgan Asset Management at the helm, your money can withstand the pressure and bad weather day-to-day market conditions cause. All aboard? Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting now with uh, Tunde Satoli, uh, FNB senior economist. Tunde, appreciate the early morning time. Uh, mining output, uh, it was green in December, 0.6% year on year. That after a really strong uh, November. November had been, what, uh, 6.9%. Is that December month usually softer due to the holidays or is that sort of seasonal effect removed from the numbers uh, statistically? Morning, Simon. So it's usually a quiet month, but the 0.6%, I think it's better on a year-on-year basis, particularly given that load shedding was reduced in the month of December compared to December last year. So I think it reflects that, but on a month-on-month basis, you can see that volumes declined sharply by about 4.2% month-on-month, which speaks to a usually quiet month with a lot of holidays and all of that. Take your, uh, take your point on that. You mentioned load shedding. I mean, the, the, we were just chatting with Kubus Lewis from Pan-African Resources. Of course, they're in the gold space. They're managing, well, not the managing, they're bringing on stream their own independent power, which, which removes the issue of load shedding. The, the, the challenge now is, is logistics. It, it's ports, it's, it's railway lines, and, and that's where the miners are struggling. Definitely. So we see challenges within ports and rail in terms of infrastructure being a significant constraint now to generally economic activity, but more so to exploitation of break bulk commodities. Mm. So that's where the challenge is now going to be. If you look at the performance of rail, it has actually persistently been deteriorating over the years. So manufacturers are, fa- are facing that challenge as well as mining. I, I, to take your point on that. And, and if we look at, 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 at uh, drill some into it, I mean, it, was, it really was the, the, the Platinum Group Metals, PGMs, leading the output. Um, they had a, a, a strong year on year. They had a, a, a strong expansion in November sure. as well. Yeah. But, but looking strong, and a lot of folks would say, oh, but the prices are weak. The point is miners, if they're economical, they're, they're going to be mining. They're going to try and push that production as much as they can. Definitely, uh, definitely, because they still have to meet the export orders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. So it was PGM that expanded, by that supported the, the 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 mild growth in December, as well as coal. But if you look at obviously prices of these commodities, particularly coal, coal was down by about fifty percent in terms of prices last year, and you can see that in the numbers. If you look at mineral sales, mining mineral sales, they were down by about ten point three percent at an aggregate level, and that reflected a contraction in coal as well as PGM uh, mineral sales.
And I noticed that gold was slightly lower. Certainly, I, I chatted with the World Gold Council. We saw the second best year ever. Um, I, I, I mean, is there anything to read into that? Our gold mines are old. I mean, some of these mines, you know, again, you know, we, we, Barberton mine is, what, over 100 years old. In fact, over 120 years old. Is that sure. just something which is a, a little bit, sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down? Or is it a sort of a, a continued decline in, in an old mining industry? Yeah, so if you look at mining output, it's it's generally been declining over the years. But uh, I think the performance last year was quite impressive because gold output uh, grew by 7.9%. And even in terms of mineral sales, uh, you saw a strong double-digit growth of around 20% in terms mm-hmm. of mineral sales. Obviously supported by um, gold prices, but also we know that gold is a safe haven asset, right? So in terms of in times of um, risk aversion, it usually tends to benefit. Yeah, I take a point, and, and that's certainly what gold has been doing. I was going to say the last couple of months, but truthfully, since the pandemic, we've also got, I mean, we, we talk the big metals, which are, you know, which we all know about, the, the golds, the coals, the, the PGMs and the like. We've got the other perhaps lesser known but still important, manganese ore, that contracted a, a, a fair bit. Uh, iron ore was also down a, a fair bit. Is this, again, more around logistics, particularly in those those bulk commodities? I mean, I know we've got to get from the middle of the country to, to a port in the West Coast. Definitely. So iron ore is quite, it's quite important, and I think it's, it's, it's big. It's about 10% or so of total mining. Um, so together with coal, these have been struggling in terms of, um, in terms of our rail and port performances. So um, the weak performance of, I think it declined by about 18% year on year in December. But it, it's not the deepest decline. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at what has happened over the past years, they, we have seen declines of around 40% or so. So it's wow. it's usually volatile. It's usually volatile. Okay. But the challenges that we're experiencing in the ports and rail are really um, having a significant impact on, 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 on commodities. I, I take your point. Uh, volatility to be expected to a degree, I suppose. We'll leave it there. It's Sander Satoli, FMB Senior Economist. Appreciate the early morning. MoneyWeb at Midday is South Africa's fastest-paced audio news and current affairs show. Give me 30 minutes and I'll give you the country and the world. This is what you missed. Jeremy, if you take a very long-term view, you know, and you compare South Africa today to 30 years ago, on many fronts, the country is in infinitely better place. We don't live in that country that used to exist, particularly from a perspective of political participation and civil liberties. Live at noon weekdays and then up as a podcast on moneyweb.co.za. Moneyweb at Midday with me, Jeremy Max, when you need relevant news quickly in your own time. That's it for today. We were chatting with Audrey Magentu uh, from Tribe South Africa yesterday. The We Buy Cars listing, now, they say a valuation of 7.5 billion czar. And they get to that number because uh, Coronation has taken up a stake and they're basically using that price. Of course, transaction capital's market cap, 6.5 billion. We asked you if this was a value unlock. Uh, it was equally split between all options. Uh, a third of you saying, nope, you're staying away. Uh, a third saying, wait for listing. A third saying, yep, this is is really a great opportunity. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7.00.
Thanks to my team, Eddie Nubochle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. If you're loving the show, please leave us a positive rating in your podcatcher of choice, and we'll chat again tomorrow. Proposed tax increases, can they fit in the current economic climate? You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.